We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, a lot of people are out and about enjoying and taking this weekend uh, for, for, to celebrate the, the 4th of July. So we might have uh, it might be a little bit more scarce in the chat tonight than perhaps is usual. But how has been your weekend? It's been pretty chill. Unfortunately, the fourth falls on a Tuesday, not on a weekend day. So it's kind of a damper in that respect. But, you know, we're grinding every day. You and I chat everyone at MHH. It's year round, this industry, this business. And uh, believe it or not, I'm excited to talk Broncos football, even on July 2nd. Exactly. I, we do it every day, all day. Uh you know, seven seven days a week. It would shock you guys how much time I spend at this computer writing about your Broncos, making videos about your Broncos, and then, of course, the podcast. We love doing this. And even in the deadest time, we're scouring the Internet trying to find anything and everything real quick. And we found a few things that we're going to go over tonight, by the way, over this weekend, some interesting news. Uh, but Troy jumped in early with a super chat, like an hour plus before we went live. Thank this you, is Troy. how you know he's an OG. Appreciate you, Troy. He says, hey, guys, taking an eight-year-old to training camp in August, do you have any advice for when we go? Uh, no specific advice on, like, when's the best, you know, do you go early in camp, do you go later? There is the salute of, uh, what is it called, Zach, the football's back together, whatever it is. The, the NFL does, all 32 teams do it in unison that date if you go to the article that that just search uh denver broncos training camp schedule mile high huddle whatever uh it shows which day that is i want to say it's the second day if i'm not mistaken but anyway that might be cool because there'll be some additional like fan oriented stuff that i bet the broncos will be doing otherwise i hope you got tickets because this time around troy training camp they're limiting it to three thousand per day all right it used to be zach they'd there really wasn't a limit and it was all about counting how many showed up that day. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I can remember in the Peyton Manning days, 4,000, 5,000 plus people every single practice. Uh, But this time they are limiting it and it's ticketed. And those tickets uh, from what I understand, talking to Luke, who's kind of our guy for this stuff, uh, he'll be our boots on the ground for camp once again this year. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure because they're free, the tickets were free, but they still, you require a ticket to get in. They went like lickety split. Broncos had requirements so that like not, you know, if I wanted to go, I couldn't just call up and like try and consume, you know, 4,000 tickets or whatever. It was limited to four, I think, Zach, per person per day that you could quote unquote claim. So hopefully, Troy, you knew that. If not, you're going to have to put out a call for people, see if there's days where people can maybe, you know, uh, part with a, a ticket for the gate. And as uh, Ants Vigil here says, sold out pretty much. I caught some this morning for August 1st. Good on you, Ants. And uh, hopefully, Troy, you got yours as well. I know Arapahoe County is changing things for the Broncos. Chad talked about the ticket, um, uh, the quantity number. But if you are going, if you have the tickets, have fun out there. And my advice would be to bring water. That's going to be hot out there. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be in the sun. It's fun, but make sure you stay hydrated with your young one. And uh, remember, it's football, and Broncos football is back, so it's a good time. Crucial tip, hydration, baby. They will provide a, a complimentary bottle of water to each individual, but, you know, sitting out there in the uh, high rocky heat in the depths of July, the thin air, also plenty of sunblock. Trust on yep. that, okay? Um but have a blast. It'll it'll be great, I'm sure. David, what's going on, big dog? The Papa Bear, as he's known in his neck of the woods, saying, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag 26 days. MHH for life. Denver Broncos for life. Fourth of July. And he's reminding everyone, please be safe. Amen to that, David. And thank you, my friend, for jumping in early uh, with a super. We look forward to seeing you in a couple of months. It's going to be dope. Yeah, everyone, don't JPP yourselves out there. You know, it's fun and it's uh, it's exciting. It's a good way to celebrate our country's independence, but you don't want to lose any digits or any limbs. So like, uh, like, like David said, be sure to stay safe. All right, I had to get me some of this uh, caffeine water, okay, just in case, just to have it on deck in case I need it. Mike, what's up, bro? Great to see you tonight, my friend. Uh, love it. You're in the chat. We got Mike in the chat throwing down. Great to see you, big dog. I see Greg on Facebook. I see uh, I see the GLP jumping in early. This is making us definitely feel the love. We're like, man, I don't know if there's going to be too many folk in the in the chat tonight because people are out at the lake or they're out on the beach or they're up in the mountains or they're doing fun things, right? Uh, so golfing, you know, camping, etc. But Gary, you're here with us. We appreciate it, big dog. He says, hey, Chad and Zach, we diehards are here. Looking forward to the latest. Go Broncos. All right, buck them indeed. Buckham, baby. And Albert, what's up, brother? Great to see you. Um, let me go over a couple things with you, Zach. Um, yep. So first things first, we all know Broncos kind of uh, created a little bit of a stir in that um, they wooed Davis Webb out of his playing career and into coaching, which, um, you know, he was starting games for the New York Giants at quarterback in the season finale. He started that game. And now he's coaching Russell Wilson. And so, the raging inferno with Russell Wilson. Indeed, this, Peter this, King. Yeah, you know, hope he's got his uh, fire hose ready. But <laughs> um, so here he is. All right. We haven't really heard from Davis Webb publicly uh, yet as Broncos quarterbacks coach. But he gave some uh, some quotes, Zach, some remarks to uh, Eric Dalala of the team site. A couple interesting things that I wanted to go over with you. And remember, the reason that um, that really sold Sean Payton on hiring Webb as Russ's quarterbacks coach was, um, of course, having the practical experience of being a quarterback, playing in the league, but then also his insane, Zach, uh, 
what was it? I guess you'd call it a library of game plans and his like institutional knowledge thereof that dates all the way back every game that he ever participated in or you know on a team uh, to high school. So he's that comprehensive of a guy. All right. So here's what he said uh, about Russell Wilson. Quote, if I put myself within the play, I'm like, hey, I get it. I understand why you made that decision. I've seen it before. I've done it before. Russell's library is fantastic. He's been in the league for a very long time. Then he goes on to say, Zach, I think the great players are always looking to be coached. It doesn't matter who you are. If you can help them, that's the bottom line. I've been around a lot of good ones. Sadly, that's why I'm coaching. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold is rookie year, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, so many great quarterbacks, Josh McCown. And then he says, I'm lucky to add Russell to the list, close quote. So it's true that you think that these quarterbacks, Zach, they get to the top of the mountain or the peak of their um, you know, profession, so to speak, and that they want to play, uh, you know, I'm the boss or whatever. And that to a certain extent they do, but like even the Peyton Mannings, like you go, you go back to his time in, in, uh, Denver toward the tail end of his career. I mean, he didn't come to Denver. Zach Kelly was in year 15. He absolutely craved being coached. He wanted to be coached because like he says here, if you can help them in any way, shape or form, that's what they're looking for. Because it's almost like a challenge when you reach a certain level, like you were talking about, um, that's the next step is, okay, what can, if I open myself up, if I humble myself, what can I do from there? How can I grow from there? And the thing with Russ is going back to his time in Seattle, he was never against coaching. If anything, he wanted more coaching. He wanted more responsibility to be a better player, let Russ cook. And I think that translated last year with Nathaniel Hackett. The problem is they gave him a little too much responsibility. But I never saw Russ as a cancerous player like an Antonio Brown, for example, who's just so radioactive when it comes to any and all coaching put in front of him. When Sean Payton was hired, Russ went up to Payton and said, I want you to coach me hard. I want tough love. I, I don't want to be hugged every five seconds like it, it was under Nathaniel Hackett. So this narrative or stereotype about Russ being this uncoachable guy who's like you said the boss or a predominant voice the only voice in a room I think is a little far-fetched um on the subject Zach of you know just kind of the novelty of him going literally from playing in the season finale of an NFL game to going into coaching he said quote this is Davis Webb I could have kept playing but I felt like this was the only opportunity I was interested in when it comes to coaching. So think about this. Let me just put a pin in this for a second. Russ is washed. He sucks. And yet this was the only opportunity he Crap. was willing to consider when it came to making the jump to coaching. All right, back to what he said. Quote, being able to come here, help Russell as much as I can and learn from Coach Payton, Joe Lombardi, that's the offense coordinator, John Morton, that's the pass game coordinator. And all these great guys, I'm very grateful that this worked out. If it didn't, I would have kept on playing. But this has been a lot of fun, close quote. So, you know, it's not the uh, uh, NFL trash bin like so many of the national writers like to portray it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I think for Davis Webb, um, the Broncos and Webb himself, this is all my you know speculation, but they view him the same. Maybe the next Kellen Moore, where a quarterback that was kind of average physically never got over the hump, but just a brainiac off the field, a good sounding board for any quarterback that's under center, and someone that can grow from an assistant to maybe an OC to maybe a head coach down the line. I know the too many cooks in the kitchen thing could be bad when it comes to Peyton and Russ, but I do like this hire. It's a younger voice. It's a voice who's been in the NFL and is smart and can help Russell Wilson maybe see something he hasn't seen before. This is a good point by Scott. He says, makes you wonder what the Broncos were doing with Brett Rippon the last two years. Facts. Um, and now he took his talents to L.A., Zach. So uh, here's Vinny Past- Pastilla, uh, Pastilla Digital. Vinny, bro, thank you for being with us, my friend. Thank you for the for the super chat. He says, love this cast. Love your insights. Taste in music. A Fugazi minor threat. Descendants. Yes, indeed. Uh, especially love my Broncos. Greeting from H-Town. Hashtag Buckham Go Broncos. I'm huge on Descendants, and I love minor threat. Fugazi was never a band I really got into, but I know so many people I love and respect uh, bow down to Fugazi, which is the post minor threat ian mckay project for those of you wondering which probably aren't too many of you that really give a flying flip about punk rock but fugazi is responsible for creating the the the, quote unquote what you hear out there the post-punk era so anyway Vinny, stoked to have you with us my friend thank you for the super chat thank you Vinny. hope to see you around more appreciate your uh, contribution howie freaking day throwing down some freaking big boy stars dude thank you howie really appreciate you my friend hope you've had a, a great weekend hope you're uh, you've been able to take some of this time to celebrate the fourth thank you howie always good to see you and uh yeah stay safe out there have a very very happy fourth of july <sighs> all right all right um back to the chat uh, and some of these topics at hand so um Zebulon has a, a question on the topic, so I want to grab it real quick. Uh, was Davis Webb back up to someone who had a spectacular year or a big jump at some point? Well, I mean, a lot of people uh, would say Daniel Jones last year. I mean, Daniel Jones, Zach, was uh, for a time, I mean, before uh, Dayball got there, right? He was like, it was expected he was going to be one of those guys that would fizzle after his rookie deal was over and then kind of where is he now type situation. He had a very uh, efficient year, maybe not like spectacular year, but unless memory betrays me, Zach, didn't the Giants make the playoffs like by the skin of their teeth this this past year? Um, but I don't know. Do you have his wiki pulled up? 
I do, yeah. He was with Buffalo for one game in 2021. So very small sample size, but he was behind Josh Allen. And uh, he listed the the quarterbacks, like Chad read earlier in that quote, the quarterbacks that he's worked with, maybe not anyone spectacular on like uh, Mahomes or um, Aaron Rodgers type of level, but he's been around long enough to kind of glean the ins and outs of playing and now coaching the position. And uh, I like it for us. I really do. I do too. And just, I think the notion that, you know, like Peter King portrayed it, that he's walking into a raging inferno, I think it's laughable. I think it's a joke. Um, and today, in fact, I wrote an article. We can go over it later if we want to, but five reasons why Russell Wilson uh, is going to thrive in 2023. And one of them is coaching. And it's not just about Sean Payton, which, I mean, it's mostly about Sean Payton, but he hired Davis Webb for a reason. And uh, even though Zach Webb is six years, Russ is junior, uh, he has been in the field. He's taken the live bullets, not 20 years ago. You know, like Sean Payton can say, yeah, I took some the bullets too because he's a former college quarterback, tried to make it in the pros. I think he spent a little time, Zach, if memory serves, on the Chicago Bears practice squad or something like that in the 80s. And while that experience certainly has value, but when a position coach can say, Yo, let me show you what I saw taking bullets in week 17 against X last, you know, four months ago or whatever, right? It, I think, holds water and maybe allows a veteran like Russ to look past perhaps the fact that he's a first time position coach uh, and six years younger. I actually misspoke when it comes to when I came to Webb. He appeared in one game for Buffalo in 2021. He was actually with them for three seasons from 2019 through 2021. Uh, before that, he was with the Giants in 2017. And I'm pretty sure, was Eli around that year? Uh, yeah, because uh, yes, because Daniel Jones was class of 19 with Drew right. Locke. So, I mean, he's worked with some at least fairly big-name quarterbacks. I'd say Eli Manning is a big-name quarterback. Josh Allen for uh, three seasons. So he, he's been around big players, but I think the Broncos liked him for his own insights, how he sees the game, how he processes the game, and there's something up here that he has that's not teachable, by the way. You have that or don't that maybe Russ is lacking or something that uh, can help Russ improve mentally and processing-wise. Do you still have it up? Yeah. What what circa was he at Texas Tech? Uh 2013 to 2015. Wasn't it Texas Tech? Yeah, and then California for 2016. Sorry, it was 2013. That's right. Texas Tech and then Cal. So so run that by me one more time. Sorry. 2013 to 2015 at Texas Tech and then 2016 at Cal. Mahomes, so he's he had to have crossed paths at some point toward the tail end, maybe with a young mm -hmm. Mahomes. I can't say that for certain, but makes me wonder. But he, anyway, um, I'm really intrigued to see where this goes for uh, Davis Webb, Russell Wilson, and the Broncos offense. Um, so with that being said, a couple of hellos. We got Dan jumping in. Good to see you on uh, on Facebook saying happy uh, 4th to the MHH crew and fans and all of Denver Broncos country. Wants to know, though, Zach, any word on signing uh, Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook? There hasn't necessarily, Zach, been any new word, at least since we were on the pod uh, Thursday night. Uh, but you did have the article of like the latest guy kind of trying to connect some dots for Cook anyway to Denver. 
Yeah, you're right, by the way, about Mahomes. They crossed paths in 2014 and 2015 at Texas Tech. So yeah, he was around him. He wasn't the Mahomes that we know now, but he was exposed to the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I have heard nothing about Kareem Hunt. I don't know that the Broncos were all that interested. There was that rumor that Hunt, that's what the Browns felt that he was starting to break down at this age. But Dalvin Cook, uh, Tom Pelissero kind of grouped the Broncos in with the other front runners. The Broncos not being a front runner. Uh, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Jets make a lot of sense for Dalvin Cook. And Tom Pelissero said there's also the Broncos, but before he hedged, that they've made a lot of moves in free agency already. They've already signed Samaj P. Ryan. You do have Pookie Williams coming back. I would still be surprised, Chad. I wouldn't hate it, but I'd still be surprised, ultimately, if Cook ended up in Denver. Zach, uh, I beg your indulgence for a moment here. Mike, is this – you're going to see Misfits this weekend. This isn't the Jerry-only Misfits, right? Or is it OG Misfits with Danzig? Because uh, what's the next show? Aren't they in New Jersey, the original Misfits? I actually went and saw Original Misfits with Danzig, Vegas, 2017. It was dope. Sounded like crap on purpose, by the way. I've since learned that they actually try to make it not sound that good uh, as kind of like a uh, homage to how bad all their old 70s and 80s recordings sound. So anyway, if it is the uh, uh, Danzig, you know, the Danzig-led, fronted uh, Original Misfits, that's dope, dude, because that's not something anyone ever thought they'd get a chance to see after they broke up in uh, 83. So really cool. All right, Um, Zach, I want to shift gears for a second here uh, and grab what Albert's talking about here because it's relevant also to an article Eric Trickle published today, kind of breaking down the Broncos' interior O-line and really um, kind of honing in on the depth concerns inside. But Albert here, though, is talking about, he says, I think the Broncos still need to take a look at a more capable center. I'm not sure that Cush will be the guy at center. So there's always, Zach, the possibility of holding on to some of that, what you know, remains for some a little Evan Mathis money. But don't be so sure that they're just looking to spend that because right. as Bob Morris uh, wrote over the whatever it was, I think Friday, the Broncos are currently projected to be over the cap. Uh, in 2024 so any cap space they can roll over into next year's uh, fiscal year uh, I'm sure they will try to do but what are what are your thoughts on Kush's outlook and you know dovetail that with your outlook on Kyle Fuller and then also the rookie seventh round center Alex Forsyth well, number one, I'm not too worried about the Broncos being over the cap. There's so many high-priced players on the uh, books right now that they can either restructure, trade, or outright release. And I'm not talking about Russ, but there's other options that you can uh, maneuver with. In terms of center, I agree wholeheartedly, Albert. When we talked about Dalvin Cook on the last podcast, I said if they're going to spend money, which as Chad said, they don't have to, I'd rather that money be allocated to a true position of need. You don't need Dalvin Cook. You want Dalvin Cook. Well, you need a center because none of us want Lloyd Cushenberry starting. And I'm not ready to thrust a seventh-round rookie and Alex Forsyth into that fold just yet. I'd rather him develop a little slowly, maybe get his bearings underneath him in his first year before he's a full-time starter. And that's 
even if he reaches that ceiling. We don't know yet. That's why he, he was a seventh-round pick. Uh, Kyle Fuller was a career backup for the most part, and he is a, a center guard swing kind of project. So you don't feel too comfortable, and I absolutely agree with the premise. It would not hurt, similar to re-signing Cameron Fleming, to have one more vet in the building, be it Ben Jones or somebody else. But there is talent on the open market, and the Broncos should take a look. Absolutely. Um, okay, Zeus. Zeus in the house. What's up, Stu? Great to see you tonight, my friend. Thank you for uh, jumping in with a super chat. Always, always a pleasure to have the first face etched on the MHH Mount Rushmore in the house with us. So great to see you, big dog. I'm so upset. My voice is still kind of crappy. I can't do it, but I'll defer to Chad for it because you deserve right, it too. All right, you ready? I'll put down the caffeine water to go. <laughs> Zeus. There you go. That was from Got both it. of us too. Thank Got you. It. Appreciate you as always, man. Um. You know, the Cush thing, look, I'm it's of, of all the really, Zach, of all the positions on offense, it's the one spot that I uh I wouldn't say it's you know like keeping me up at night. It's not I'm not anxious about it, but it's the one that has um gives me the most misgivings. But I do take some confidence in the albeit kind of lukewarm endorsement. Kush has gotten from uh, Sean Payton. He's our center, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But it's also one of those situations where it wouldn't surprise me if, if like a young guy like Alex Forsyth. Now, this was a long shot, though, guys, just for what it's worth. Even if Kush was like uh, injured, all right, or something like that, it's a long shot for a rookie seventh round center to go from fringe might not make the roster to starting even Matt Paradis, who went on to become a pro bowl caliber starting center, you know, the pivot for a, a world championship team in 2015, he was a sixth round pick in 2014. Didn't make the roster chilled on the practice squad for a year, made the starting lineup, won the job starting for Peyton Manning out of camp the next year. That's a little bit more of a plausible path for most rookies. But it would not completely shock me, Zach, knowing what we do about Forsyth. If he were to go into camp just mean and battling and just showing what he can do, wouldn't totally surprise me to see him uh, outcompete not only Kyle Fuller, but Lloyd Cushenberry, depending on kind of how the deck gets stacked. Uh, if, it's, if, if he were poised or, or pitted, I should say, in like any kind of like real competition where the coaches are giving guys like Fuller, hey, come take a few snaps with the ones. Forsyth, come take some snaps with the ones. In that kind of a situation, I would not be shocked at all to see him um, unseat anybody because he's a guy that honestly should not have been there in the seventh round. Like He's like a fifth-round guy, late fourth, fifth-round guy that the Broncos got for a song, basically. I agree with what you're saying if and only if it's a true competition, but it could be a case where all Lloyd Cushenberry has to do is not face plant and he has the job. And this is not a position that you want to really mess around with. It is pretty crucial for the quarterback and the offensive line to have the center uh, nailed down and uh, hopefully competent. I don't, I would not prefer Chad, the Broncos platooning 
you know, through training camp in the preseason, I don't want to lose continuity or chemistry with the other four linemen. I'd rather the Broncos have their center set uh, as soon as possible. If they think Forsyth can truly push Cushenberry, I would be open to a competition. But if they feel Cushenberry is going to take that next step and be at least passable, serviceable, then I'm okay leaving him where he is. All right. I'm going to uh, segue to a, another interesting story from over the weekend. And by the way, Scott, I hope I'm not speaking too soon. I think it's been pretty solid, dude. W Scott and I think we cracked the code to our computers, despite having like as good as you can get everything, including our internet connections. We, we kept having this delay thing, as you guys know. We think we might have cracked the code. So I'm, I'm touching wood as I say that. But Zach, um, I want to I go to something that... Uh, Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette, who has been doing great work um, covering the Broncos since he arrived, especially for the offseason. I got I just got to give that dude his props any chance I, I can get. I really like reading his work. But anyway, he caught up with uh, Mike Holmgren. Most fans remember Mike Holmgren as the uh, Green Bay Packers world champion head coach whom the Broncos vanquished in Super Bowl 32. He, of course, he won it the year prior. Uh, presided over a three-time-in-a-row Brett Favre MVP. And then after things kind of fizzled in Green Bay, he eventually went, became the Seattle Seahawks head coach. Uh, he preceded Pete Carroll by, I think, two years. So he, uh, he when he left uh, Seattle as head coach, I want to say Zach Jim Mora uh, Jr. coached him one year, and then that didn't work out, and that's when Pete Carroll arrived. So I'm only giving you the – timeline because while Russell Wilson was in Seattle Holmgren was serving uh as a as a radio guy for a local station KJR I think it is uh yeah uh KJR yeah KJR anyway and so uh Russ knowing that he was still around and of course knowing his bona fides with having been a world champion head coach having coached Brett Favre sought him out and uh you know they try and kind of forge a relationship a little bit it's really interesting some of the things he had to say about that. But the one thing I wanted to get your take on, Zach, is what Holmgren said to Thomason relative to kind of the outlook, his his outlook, I should say, for the whole Sean Payton-Russell uh, Wilson project, which is, quote, this is Holmgren, quote, I expect him, Russ, with Sean to get great coaching. Sean has done an excellent job. He had Drew Brees for a long time, and he knows football, close quote. So another guy who, if nothing else, you know, that's not exactly like a ringing endorsement for Russell Wilson. It's more of an endorsement for Sean Payton. So he's yet another, um, you know, highly, uh, highly productive former NFL head coach, Zach, who has nothing but faith, it sounds like, in Sean Payton's ability to get Russ back on the horse. Yeah, old Mike Holmgren wasn't reinventing the wheel with those comments, wasn't breaking any news there. It's pretty straightforward, pretty obvious, and uh, good to talk about in the dead period. I, my only takeaway, Chad, is that this time last year, we weren't hearing these things about Nathaniel Hackett for the most part and for the obvious because he was a rookie coach and uh, no one really knew for certain, not even us, as much as we were confident and optimistic, how that marriage was going to work out. And in retrospect, it didn't work out very well. But the key to unlocking this stage, Russell Wilson, entering his age 35 season, not 25-year-old Russ, not SB48 Russ, this year's Russ is elite 
excellent coaching, and the Broncos went out and made that its sole purpose this offseason. In comes Sean Payton, and in will come a winning record with that. A couple couple other things here real quick that uh, Holmgren said of the Russ thing. Um, So he talked about that when Russ first uh, sought him out, he was careful not to like make himself too available because he's the old Seahawks head coach and they didn't want there to be any perception by the Pete Carroll regime that he was trying to meddle or interfere. Um, But he did say, quote, I remember one of my earliest conversations with Russ. He wanted to sit down and talk to me when I was doing a show at the Seahawks facility. He seemed to be very attentive. I told him you're going to get, or you're going to be pulled in a million different directions in the league And you've got to learn to say no. You have to learn to focus on your football. He's very curious. He's very inquisitive. I told him, if I live through Brett Favre, I can live through anything. And then, of course, saying, I just said, and then this is after Russ got traded to Denver. This is a a text that Holmgren sent to Russ. He said, quote, I'm pulling for you. Good luck. That kind of stuff. I'm a fan of his and I believe in him. He was always real cordial, close quote. So I wanted to get to that, Zach, because even though the previous comment I read wasn't exactly an endorsement of Russ, he is a believer in Russell Wilson. It makes me think of what Sean Payton revealed after he was hired and Russell Wilson immediately started reaching out to Drew Brees and texting him to the point that he was actually bothering Drew Brees. And I think he was seriously, genuinely bothering him too. And then Drew went to Sean Payton and said, hey, uh, get control of your guy because it's getting a little insane now. But that's the type of of guy and player that Russell Wilson is. He's a sponge. He always wants to learn and get better. And I believe he's legitimately curious about being a quarterback in the NFL. Even after accomplishing so much that he has, he's always trying to get better. And I respect that. Indeed. Um, by the way, guys, uh, as far as the raffle for June, we were going to do it tomorrow, but it actually might make more sense to make sure everyone's in the room to do it on Thursday. So you guys let us know, are you okay to wait till Thursday? Would you rather us do it tomorrow? Uh, let us know in the in the chat what your thoughts are. But Dave from Georgia in the hizzy, rocking his hashtag Buckham t-shirt like a, like a boss saying, in your opinion, how close to guaranteed is KJ Hamler's spot now that he restructured his contract? Um, for what it's worth, guys, it's, it's more of a renegotiation. All right. So all the Broncos did was make it easier on them uh, to cut him. In all honesty, that's what the contract re- renegotiation did uh, or n- not so much make it easier to cut. him. that was a poor way of, of explaining it. makes it easier on them. If the best predictor of future behavior is passed and he has injury issues and they have to put him on IR, it limits uh, the cap hit that he would have just chilling on injured reserve. So for what it's worth, Zach, I'm going to answer this one first and then serve it over to you. I don't think it improves KJ's outlook per se. And I think there's an argument to be made that if anything, it kind of maybe puts him even more kind of in the hole, so to speak. Like he still is going to have every opportunity to wow Sean Payton. And if there's a guy that could be wowed with the skill set he brings to the table with that quick twitch, that speed, the feet, the hands, all that stuff. KJ's going to get that that opportunity, but he's got to keep that that injury bug stiff arm, baby. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the Broncos were trying to protect themselves against KJ after all he's been through. And, um, 
it doesn't look good. I, I don't think it's helped him in any way. If anything, it did hurt him, but it also makes him easier to trade if the Broncos do go that route. And I might be taking an, a, a negative or pessimistic approach on Hamler, but I feel like the best case scenario is he gets healthy. He starts showing that he can produce at least being a, a deep th ball threat and the Broncos can move him for a late round pick. Because when you trade up and you draft Marvin Mims and add him to that receiver core with the wideouts you already have, you don't need two of the same player. And if you compare Mims and KJ, I'm a big Hamler fan. There's no comparison. Anything KJ can do, Marvin Mims can do better. And it's, I think, a matter of time, Chad, before he's playing for another team. I mean, for me, the biggest thing is not to say that Marvin Mims has been impervious to the injury bug, but he just has a much better track record for availability Sure. And uh, that means a lot to coaches, um, especially when the rubber meets the road and, you know, uh, you got to make decisions. So we'll see. But Phil down in Tucson being very generous with the stars today. Thank you, Thank Phil. You, Phil. Seriously. Love you, big dog. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach and Deacon Scott. I'm on vacation. Just wanted to say happy birthday to Thomas Hall. Hope the craps table is treating you well. Hashtag Buckham MHH for life. Well, dude, two things. Phil, first of all, being on vacay and still popping in to not only say hi, but throw down some some stars and support. Thank you, bro. Very, very kind and generous of you. And then uh, also the reminder. So, yeah, happy birthday to uh, the brainchild of the Legends of Mile High Friday mornings, co-host of Mile High Insiders Wednesday nights and co-host of the Orange and Blue View. I mean, this dude's on as many podcasts every week. Zach is a Nick Kendall. Let's go, Thomas Hall. Yeah, happy birthday, Thomas. It's a it's a big one for him, uh, particularly. I'm not going to you know give that away, but I hope he's enjoying himself. And uh, Phil, have a very, very happy 4th of July. Enjoy your vacation. Stay safe. And we, you know we appreciate you. Thank you. Indeed. Um, okay. So just, uh, Jay, we got to keep an eye on Jay uh, in the chat. Jay, I love you, dude. All right. Just don't go too aggro. Don't go too aggro with the with the blasting of, of comments, but I like pasta. I like pasta. Who else likes the pasta? I miss Vic Fangio. Indeed. I do. I'm I'm huge on pasta. My daughter, that's the first thing. Like that's basically all she'll eat is pasta and steak. Isn't that weird? Okay. Uh, Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, an interesting article from Eric Trickle over the weekend once again. And we're going to put this new uh, tweak we think we might have figured out on, on StreamYard, making sure we don't lag, to the test here with a screen share. Uh, so let me do a little blow up here. But uh, five under the radar players, Zach, Broncos country shouldn't sleep on, courtesy of Eric Trickle. First one he names, interestingly enough, is Tyler Batty, the running back. And I want to get your thoughts on it, but – for those listening, I just want to read one little snippet here. Uh, when it comes to running backs, Eric writes, the attention is on Javante Williams, Samaje Ryan, and undrafted rookie Jalil McLaughlin. First two are understandable, but McLaughlin, being an undrafted rookie out of Youngstown State, making a huge leap to the NFL, and why he's, while he's explosive as a runner, it's still a big step up to overcome. While Batty is entering his second year as a Beatty, I always confuse those. And either way. Uh, second year in the league, has seen some snaps at the pro level. Um, and unlike McLaughlin, Batty wasn't making a big, as big of a leap from college having played in the SEC at Mizzou. He was a Baltimore six-round pick in 2022. 
though most draft analysts had him projected as a, as a fourth round guy at the latest. But here's the key. He's explosive with the ball in his hands, which he flashed on his one catch last year. Uh, didn't he score on that, Zach? Um, I, I don't think he scored. It was just a long catch. Okay, okay. I could and has wrong. plenty of speed, etc. So he just goes on to, for, for a few more uh, bona fides. But your thoughts on, on this running back potentially being a, a sleeper that could fly under the radar here? Yeah, I can't say I disagree. Uh, the Broncos need an explosive back that can be almost like the Philip Lindsay mold where he can take a game over from any point on the field. They don't have that in Pookie and Samaj P. Ryan, who are two uh, big power backs. Flip a coin. Is Do you like Tyler Beatty? Do you like Jaleel McLaughlin? I happen to think McLaughlin will win the RB3 job, but it could be Tyler Beatty absolutely as well. Uh, I like this right here a lot too. An average north of five yards per carry. All right. Second guy Broncos fans should not sleep on this summer, according to Trickle, Matt Henningsen, defensive lineman. So this is a dude that was a six-rounder last year. Um, he, Trickle, thinks it's really good for Henningsen's outlook that his position coach, Marcus Dixon, uh, was one of, of course, only two retained by Sean Payton. Um, so here's what he said, quote, Broncos are looking for a third starter on the D-line, and the current projection – is D, uh, DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, Zach Allen. This would put Jones and Allen as the four-eye, five techniques, and Purcell as the nose tackle. Last year, Jones, DJ, showed he was most effective farther inside, working from zero tech to two technique. With Hennings, uh, Henningson's skill set, though, Zach, he can work outside opposite of Allen and allow Jones to line up where he is better suited, which I agree with him on this. In a perfect world, you want Jones at the nose. Um but he goes on to say, lastly here, Zach, the Broncos uh, have to replace Deshaun Williams, who played nearly 600 snaps last year, which was the second most on the D-line. Henningsen can work in that role with his strong run defense and his effort as a pass rusher. So your outlook for uh, Matt Henningsen. Kind of like the same as running back, flip a coin. You can either um, you know, think that Henningsen's going to take the next leap forward or Ioma Awuzurike will take the next leap. I'm a Awuzurike fan. Just have a feeling, Chad, he's going to come on strong. You you saw the glimpses of his power, of his kind of motor, of his pass rushing prowess. In that respect, he's a little better than Matt Henningsen. They just need one of those young guys to step up. And as he mentioned, Marcus Dixon, I believe, is the guy to get the most out of those players. All right, let me uh, move on to Thomas Incombe. Now, this is an undrafted rookie uh, edge defender, all right? And talking about kind of coin flips here, am I missing something on screen because I'm not on screen? I think we should get Michaela. Okay, get it. Uh, Michaela, chiming in, 999 Super, thank you so, so much. The Duchess making her grand pre-4th of July appearance. Thank you so much, Michaela. Uh, She goes, I have a bad feeling that we need more depth um, of running back. Get Dalvin Cook. I'm not as worried, Michaela. Feel free to disagree. I'm sure Chad kind of feels the same as well. I'm not as worried about running back as I am center, for example. If you look at the starter projected there, it's Cushionberry, and then you have Forsyth and Kyle Fuller behind them, uh, two largely untested guys. At running back, you have Pookie coming. You know He'll play at some point this year. Samaje can, can carry the load for all three downs. And we just talked about Tyler Beatty. We talked about uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. They have Tony Jones. We all, I'm going to say this again, we all would want Dalvin, but the Broncos don't need Dalvin. That's where I think they draw the line. Come on, baby, don't do it. I'm noticing just a slight, slight delay. This is the first chink in the armor. 
but it's still a massive improvement from what it's been. So I'm, I'm still calling this a massive win, Scott. Michaela, love you. Appreciate you so much. Um, we'll see how it shakes out with the running back thing. But did you hear earlier that we're thinking of doing the raffle Thursday night instead of tomorrow night so that we get as many people in the chat as possible? Let us know your thoughts on that. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of okay, Zach, with waiting to see um, – waiting to see how some of these younger guys shape up in, in training camp for what it's worth. Like I want to see Jalil McLaughlin. Uh, this was a, by the way, McLaughlin zoos throwing down on Facebook. Love you, dude. Thank you. Thank you, Stu. And YouTube today, Zeus in the house. Um, but McLaughlin was a freaking touchdown machine and I get it. It was Youngstown state. Uh, but I'm really intrigued to see him. I'm really intrigued to see Beatty. I'll use your pronunciation, which is probably correct in this case. Uh, and I'm even intrigued to see Tony Jones because he has some some experience in Sean Payton uh, exactly. scheme. So there will be, as a result, to Michaela, think about this: the attrition of training camp. That you teams aren't going to have to wait till the first rounds of roster mandated roster cuts uh, to have to see some guys get popped free. Come on, baby, come back, come back to see some guys. Um, cut it's just the way it goes so i don't think it's something they need to be too desperate to to kind of solve right now zach i'm right there with you um i think the broncos want to let this play out through training camp and into the preseason to see how mclaughlin responds to see how uh tyler Beatty responds tony jones some of the other younger players at the position and then they'll make a decision going forward from there you know they could well after let's say week two of the preseason sign a running back because they're not happy with their current group but it might not be Dalvin Cook. And it's only a matter of time before the Jets jump in with a big offer, the Dolphins jump in with a big offer. And I, I just don't feel Sean Payton and George Payton are going to go that high for another running back. It's good hey, to see Sean. You. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Appreciate the kind words and being in the chat tonight, my friend. Um, yes, indeed. Um, and I actually think this is pretty right on what Troy's saying. He says, I'm guessing we're keeping our cap space for injuries and we'll only spend – if we trade or restructure for more cap space, which could be in the cards. That's another article um, that that Bob had last week is, you know, there are quite a few restructure candidates, like true restructures, not like KJ renegotiate restructure that doesn't really ask them to relinquish a dollar that they're owed on the contract. It just changes how they get paid on it. Um, in most cases, it gets turned into like a, a bonus that, the team can then defer over multiple years, thus creating uh, cap space. But Zach, I want to um, circle back just these last two names on on Trickle's list for of sleepers to for fans to watch out for. Your boy, Jaquan McMillian. You see him as a sleeper? Fans should uh, be watching out for. Yeah, because it's it's kind of open. And I know it's getting to the point of the of the depth chart where you're really fighting to to make uh, the club as the 53rd guy, or the 52nd guy, but there's some um, area for playing time after you get past Riley Moss and uh, K1 Williams. And I happen to like what McMillian put in uh, on film in college. He didn't get much run last year, but another sticky kind of player, very athletic, very explosive at that position and uh, could make for an interesting slot behind K1. Yes, uh, gonna be, come on, come on, come on, gonna be some, uh, 
man, this is what I get for trying. But it's still not as bad as it's been. Still not as bad as it's been. Um, but there is going to be, Zach, some fierce competition um, at cornerback because they do have some young uh, some young up-and-comers, but it's just not a depth chart that has like a lot of um, incumbent, you know, dudes possessing spots on the roster outside of PS2, K1, uh, and Damari Mathis. I mean, there's a bunch of guys behind those three that are going to be, and I guess Riley Moss, but still Riley Moss will make the roster, but doesn't mean necessarily he's promised a role on defense. So right. I think cornerback is going to be one of the more explosive competition position battles, I should say, uh, this summer. So really stoked to see that. All right. Last name. Uh, and that is Zach Sleeperwise from Eric Trickle's article. That's Marquez Callaway, the former Saints wide receiver, who is one of two ex-Saints um, that Sean Payton brought to the wide receiver court, one of whom I think will end up making the roster as kind of a bridge guy to help, you know, usher the, the Broncos into the Sean Payton nomenclature and just the way he likes to do things. But, uh, Lil Jordan Humphreys, the other guy, I'm not as keen on him. Callaway, however, was it 21? Was it? I think it was 21, but it might have been 20. I'm pretty sure it was Peyton's last year uh, in New Orleans. That dude had a very productive season. I mean, he had six touchdowns. Think about that. Cortland Sutton, Zach, in his Pro Bowl year of 2019, you know, he was mostly making the Pro Bowl because of his 1,200 yards and many of which were these just big posterized catches that he'd make over DBs. And uh, he didn't have a huge number of touchdowns, but he's six touchdowns, you know, that's, and that's how many Callaway had that season. So I like him. Um, maybe not exactly a sleeper because he ha does have some bona fides, but not a name. I guess a lot of Broncos fans are probably all that familiar with. They probably should be. Yeah, it was 2021. I looked it up, Chad. Good recall there. He averaged 15.2 yards a catch. And fascinatingly, 32 of his 46 receptions went for first downs in 2021. So he's yeah. a chain mover. He's productive. And most importantly, Sean Payton likes him. And when Sean Payton likes you, as so many of his former players and former assistants have learned, he's going to keep bringing you back into the fold. So let's assume the Broncos keep six wide receivers. I think that'd be the bare minimum. I could even see him keeping seven. Four are locks. Let's assume for the sake of conversation that KJ is number five. That's wide open for Marquez Callaway to be number six. Even if they keep five or, or you know five receivers, I think Marquez will make it over KJ Hamler. There's a reason they signed him, and you can never have – too many weapons. You can never have too many safety blankets in a Sean Payton offense. Well said. Mike, thank you, my friend. Yeah, guys, we're uh, we're going to wind it up here. We'll maybe grab one more question, and we'll probably uh, call it for tonight. So anything burning on your mind, get it in the chat. Um, we'll, grab, we'll grab this one, Zach, from Keith, and then unless there's anything burning, we'll probably dip on out. Uh, but, Keith, great to see you tonight. Thanks for being That's with us, big dog. Question. Who has a larger impact? You know, speaking of former Saints on the roster, Callaway, who we were just talking about, or Adam Troutman, the tight end that the Broncos landed in a draft day trade. Of, what was he, a former third-round pick? Or no? Oh, geez. This is something I should know off the top of my head. But anyway, middle-round pick, let's say. Former mid-round uh, Saints pick that um, Sean Payton really likes – 
his kind of he can be a receiver, he can be a blocker. He's good enough in both respects. Not like excellent in either respect, but good enough. So, what's your answer for Keith? First of all, you're right. He was a third round pick, uh, Adam Trauman in 2020 out of Dayton. So, uh, another nice recall there, Chad. I, it's a really good question, Keith, because I don't, it, it's so packed in both of those rooms. How are they going to find playing time, even if they make the 53? I mean, Troutman, you're behind. I'm assuming uh, Chris Manhurts, Greg Dulcich, maybe even Albert O. But then again, there's a reason why the Broncos traded for him. And same thing for Callaway, a reason why they picked him up. But how much playing time is he going to get behind the big four or five receivers like we just talked about? For the sake of conversation, because I feel like he did make an impact already. I mean, tangibly, Mark, Marquez Callaway, if he sees some playing time, I think could be a sneaky upside uh, receiver for Russell Wilson. I agree, but I am excited to see how it plays out with Troutman um, because you're going to see the Broncos running a lot of two tight end sets, and Greg Dulcich is going to be on uh, on the field in those sets probably more than 50% of the time is my guess right now. And that other 50% on the other side, you're going to see, I think, Zach, a pretty solid rotation between Manhurts and Troutman. And Troutman does have a little bit better upside as a receiver. I mean, he's banging his chest uh, right after he got traded to Denver. He was talking about how much of a relief it was to come here because, you know, the regime in New Orleans post-Payton, he felt like he was be- his, his receiving – uh, talents were being squandered that he had a lot more to offer um, in that respect than, than what the saints were, you know, recognizing, I guess. So yep. um, both guys, I think could end up being big time sleepers. When you end up looking back on the 2023 season down the road, you're going, wow, we didn't really see Callaway um, being as handy dandy and productive as he ended up being. And I think the same could be said for Troutman. That's a really good point because my own bias kind of clouds my answer. I like Marquez Callaway more as a player than I do Adam Troutman, but I haven't seen that much of Troutman to really give a uh, an unbiased answer. But it could be a case where we look back six months from now, eight months from now, whatever, and be like, wow, Troutman was a steal of a pickup during the draft, and I can see why Sean Payton wanted him aboard. Indeed. All right, guys. Enjoy the uh, the rest of your weekend, and if you're still out and about, um, making it a long weekend. Stay safe. Uh, we're going to give you a couple of parting messages, though, so don't leave quite yet. That was another tremendous, fantastic episode of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please rectify that by following us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, go to MHHmerch.com and check that out. Uh, leave us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash mile huddle pod on Instagram. Follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. If you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football pre a five star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, I implore all you guys and gals out there, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you, baby. That's right. Much love and respect to the great Super Chat superstars and supporters who threw down tonight. Really appreciate Troy, David, Gary, Vinny, Zeus, the Duchess, Michaela, Dave from Georgia, 
Mike Ronquillo, Howie freaking day, Phil, and also Stu again on Facebook. So much love and respect to you guys. Can't wait to talk to you again tomorrow night. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.